Hello friends, welcome back to Success Clinic and I remain your host, Daniel Popola. Well, on behalf of my team, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. You know, we are super excited to introduce to you our guest at the studio today. But before we do that, I think it is a great time to remind us of the purpose of this show. Our first purpose is to celebrate our heroes, heroes in our communities who have earned the true accolades by demonstrating what it means to be a significant part of our community. As we know that nothing good comes easy, you know, these heroes have truly, have truly endured the dreadful sacrifices that need to be paid for success. They have ascended to the pinnacle of excellence that we see and that we celebrate. But secondly, and very importantly, our guests have come to inspire us to share the untold parts of their story. We have seen, we've heard, and we've read the glorious parts of their stories on the media. And we've seen this through their bios, websites, through you know, public sources. But what these platforms have always lacked and continue to lack is the true grit and the pain that the journey entails. And unveiling this commonly overlooked but critical element of the journeys is the primary objective of this platform. And we hope that our community heroes will be kind enough on this show to empower us by being transparent about the true price of greatness. And someone is asking over there, why are we doing this? We are mostly doing this to, to, to encourage and empower you, our audience, and us together as we continue to aspire for success and looking up to our hero. But many a times we, we remain naive to the unavoidable obstacles that this path entails. And unfortunately, these obstacles are forcefully terminated and they continue to truncate the dreams and ambitions of many of us. Well, hopefully, the lessons that we'll learn from the journeys of our guests now, on this show will empower us and help us to persevere through the journey by preparing and equipping us with the strategies that we need to combat and overcome these unavoidable barriers. You know, many have given up on their dreams in the past and possibly they would have not. They would have summoned the strength and the courage to persevere if they found someone who had gone through the process previously to tell them, it's okay, you're not alone. I've been in your shoes, and there is a solution. Well, that void is what we hope to feel on this show. And at the end of the day, it is our hope that the lessons from our guests' paths will grant strength and resilience to us to push through to success. With no further ado, our guest today is a trailblazer. A pace setter, a record breaker, oh and, <laughs> and exhibits excellence in several other spheres of life. Although she has requested that we do not sing her praise, <laughs> out of her admirable humility, how would we have the Assistant Dean of Student Development and Academic Enhancement, who is also the Director of the Natural Sciences in the Interdisciplinary Master's Program, of the Office of Research and Graduate Education, and who currently serves as the Interim Unit Diversity Officer for Jacob School of Medicine and Biomedical Sciences in the studio and not give a little recognition. <laughs> it is my distinguished honor to welcome to the studio today, Dr. Nyango Kamina. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. We're super excited to have you in here. Thank you. Thank you. So we want to really celebrate you. What we want you to do, want to, want to do it in your own terms. Okay. So if you don't mind, if you can start the show for us today by briefly sharing your background with us. Where you were born, where did you grow up, what educational institutions you attended, mm -hmm. and what degrees you earned. Okay. Uh, well, thank you again for having me. That was such a lovely introduction for me and I don't really consider myself a hero, but, um, you know, I'm glad to be here. Um, so my background, I am Kenyan American. So I was born in, and raised in Kenya, um, which is in East Africa and, um, moved to the U S when I was about 13. So, uh, teenager 
Um, and we moved to Syracuse, New York, so not too far away from here. Down the road. <laughs> Yeah, and then we kind of moved around. So my uh, the reason why we came, so my mom is also a, a professor, and so she came to do her PhD. So she already oh. kind of set the path for me um, um, with that. And actually, even when we were in Kenya, I you know we lived in a university which kind of was its own community. Yeah. So being in this academic environment has pretty much been my norm um, from great. from birth, and you know I've just loved being in it, and so. Yeah, so that's how that's the reason why we, we came was for my mom to kind of do her PhD, and then you know the academic life is that once you finish PhD, you kind of have to find a job, and so we ping ponged between Pittsburgh and then back to New York State, um, and you know I, I went to school, uh, you know finished high school, college, um, and so I did my uh, my undergrad. I graduated from SUNY Onionta, which is about four hours from here. Shout out to Sunyanianta. Yeah, and actually, you know, before I, so I got a degree in biochemistry as well as molecular biology. But before okay. that, um, I actually wanted to be a pharmacist. So I, I remember, like, I loved chemistry in high school. I took AP Chem, and that's what I really wanted to do. But um, the circumstances was um, that, you know, I really because I was technically um, an international student, I wasn't able to kind of get you know, financial backing to be able to uh, pursue that. So the second plan was to do a degree in chemistry. And so actually, uh, when I was in Sunia Nyanta, uh, I met Dr. Bennett, shout out Dr. Bennett. <laughs> Dr. Bennett. <laughs> yes, she set out the path for me because she welcomed me, welcomed me into her lab. Because uh, mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I think I might want to do research. And, you know, she had a, a, a research lab and she was like, you know, you can come work for me, get this experience. And so that's how we got the ball rolling um, in, in the research path that I ended up uh, pursuing. Um, and before I kind of chat about, like, I guess, grad school, um, the thing with being, um, even though my family came here when I was 12, uh, I was a dependent. So meaning that, you know, my my existence in this country was basically depending on, you know, my parents who were, who were the ones who were coming here for school. Mm -hmm. um, so that meant that I did not have access to a lot of things. So you're almost a ghost, essentially, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so you're existing, yeah. but you can't, you know, really get a job. You can't even get a social security number. Mm -hmm. um, so that really, really limited um, a lot of, you know, kind of like being a teenager and getting a job and, you know, doing all those things. I didn't get to do any of those things. Mm -hmm. um, so I on one hand, I had time to really spend on school, and but that's pretty much the only thing I, I had. Um, and so when it came to time to go to college, I actually had to switch visa. So I from, went from the dependent visa to the student visa. So I had to leave the country and, you know, pretend I didn't live here <laughs> and do an application and then come back. So those things, you know, were kind of how they really shaped uh, the path that I went through because my, you know, immigration was kind of this like background thing and strings that were kind of, you know, attached to me while I was, I, I was, you know, living life here. Um, so then as a, as an international student, you have an F1 visa and that in itself also has limitations in the sense that you're essentially, you're here for school and nothing else, even though mm -hmm. I lived here. Right. Yeah. So I couldn't get a job at like, you know, let's say a part-time job outside of campus. So okay. that in itself, again, also limited, you know, being able to work and, and, you know, support, um, my education. Uh, and yeah, so that pretty much I, we got our uh, green card start as when I was a senior in college. So I spent my you know, majority of my undergrad as, a, as an international student, which is very interesting because usually when you're an international student, it's like you are, you know, you're, you're flying into America for the first time. But at that point, I had lived here for like, you know, 10 <laughs> plus years. <laughs> so it's a very unique, uh, interesting, you know, like uh, limbo, limbo to be in because I could consider myself part of American culture. But uh, on my legal documentation, I technically was not really um, from here. Um, yeah, so that's how I ended up, um, you know, in my uh, college was uh, because of, um, you know, moving around with my mom and being able to find a, a school that was affordable. Mm. So my dream of becoming a pharmacist had to go out the window. Oh. And and so I was like, well, the next best thing is chemistry, and I, you know, in Dr. Benesab, so she's um, um, her lab studies 
Uh, wow, it's been a while. Sorry, Dr. Ben. <laughs> she looks at imine synthesis. So imines are used as uh, intermediates in um, in a lot of chemical reactions. And actually, she was making them in, uh, through an environmentally friendly method. So That's which awesome. is pretty cool, right? Because it's cool. like usually when you think about a chem lab, it's toxic mm. everything here and there. Um, but mm. our lab actually wasn't that because we were making. Um, things using environmentally friendly uh, compounds. That's interesting. Yeah, so that experience led me um, to get a, a summer research opportunity. Awesome. And that really propelled me into like, you know, being competitive for grad school. Okay. And that's how I ended up at, at UB. <laughs> so just to, before you continue, just to make sure we, our audiences do not miss this. So you got into Dr. Bennett's lab. Mm -hmm. uh, what part of your education? Oh, this was junior year. Junior year. Yeah. So it's been a while. So I, I, when we were in Pennsylvania, I went to school because this was again with the whole pharmacy dream, mm -hmm. and I was like, I'll just take like maybe prereq courses. We'll figure out maybe I'll get into a pharmacy program yeah. after. But then you know we moved back to New York. So then I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So actually, when I say you know like the immigration is kind of this, um, this background string, right? Mm -hmm. So the other part of this is that like, if you turn at the time, I don't know if the rules have changed, but if you turn 21 mm -hmm. um, before getting like, you know, either a green card or a citizenship, mm -hmm. which usually the green card, you know, is like the prerequisite for citizenship, um, you can't be in almost like that family package. So essentially my parents couldn't apply for me to uh, in the same kind of application process. So you had to become right, yes. like a, a, a loner by yourself right, and, and push through all yourself. the... Oh my gosh. Yeah, so the plan actually was like, okay, well, if that's if we can't, you know, you're, you're, you're going towards 21, what can we do? So actually there was a year that I went mm. to nursing school because uh, I was like, nurses are needed. Um, and uh, this would be a really fast way for me to be able to, you know, get that degree and then get a working visa. Uh, uh, to, so that would be kind of like the protection from, um, you know, just in case I turn 21 before our family gets gets the green card. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. just just in your strive to survive and make it through, you tried several options that were not necessarily your goal. No. But just, just to make it through and stay afloat. Right, yeah. Ah. And I hated nursing school. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, nursing is a great, great profession. But it was not for it you. Was not for yeah, me. it's. I was very terrible at like just. I mean, classwork is fine, but I think when you're actually in clinic and in practice and you know, this mm. year, you know, I'm going to be a physician, but I just did not have that. Um, like, that presence, yeah, that environment I, it was not yours. It did not work for me. So then we had to go to like plan. See at this point, right? Which was like, mm. okay, what else can I do? And so that's actually how grad school also came about because here in the U.S., uh, one, there is no prerequisite for mm. uh, for for most programs. There's no prerequisite for you to have a master's, right? Yeah. So it was like, okay, the clock is ticking. We have to get into um, some you know, a something program. just to keep you your, yeah. your status valid. Exactly, because even even if I didn't get the, the the green card, it's also like, okay, well. I will still be a student and I can yeah. be on an international student visa. So there was, that was pretty much the factor that mm. was driving a lot of the things that, that I that I did. Now, thank you so much for sharing that. This, this is something that a lot of international students need to hear. Every international student has this nightmare of their status. Right, yeah. That it keeps them awake at night. It is. Yeah. While you are going through the struggles of you no know, making sure you keep good grades and trying to put food on your table, even though the status limits you from a lot of financial opportunities, mm -hmm. you still have that burden behind your mind of my status. Right. And hearing that someone like you who have really climbed up the ladder to where you are today also went through that, I think it's it, it just points out why it is necessary for international students to hear your story mm -hmm. and to see that amongst all the struggles and sometimes when it seems like the world is about to crumble upon us we're gonna get de deported because of our status and then everything we get back to square one right. there is still hope at the end of the tunnel yeah like you had to do re go to nursing school yeah. and unfortunately uh, ultimately grad school became that haven mm -hmm. i would say that safe haven that of possibly saved you and led you to where you are today yeah, is that so right I, I mean i didn't know how grad school was going to turn out because and the other thing also remember is that i had my background was very 
was heavily chemistry. Mm. Um, and I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to do a PhD in chemistry, right? <laughs> but because the research that I was doing, I loved that more. Because uh. I was like, this is like the work that I want to do. And so I was like, I think I want to just do medicinal chemistry. Mm. Um, and so from the, you know, me doing research in Dr. Bennett's lab, she encouraged me to, um, you know, apply for summer research uh, mm-hmm. programs. Remember, again, at this time, I'm still an international student. I right? see. Yes. And summer research programs are actually um, for domestic students. Mm. Rarely do you find summer research programs that are for um, for international students. And again, this is back in the day. Um, I'm not going to age myself, but <laughs> this, it's been a couple of a few years. Um, but yeah, so that was also the thing. So here I am being encouraged, like apply, apply, and do all these things. And the, you know, the strings of uh-huh. immigration, I'm like, I'm not going to get in. I, yeah. So I had to disclose the fact that, like, my, you know, this is my story. Like, I've lived mm. here. Mm. My family has applied for, you know, um, green card status. But mm. now it's in the hands of, you know, the immigration officers. Uh, so I, there's nothing I can do. But I don't, I do not have the form that says, hey, you know, you, you're, um, you're a green card holder. And. So when I had to disclose that, I got rejections, right? Mm. Because then again, they're like, we're not willing to take the chance because we don't, we don't, but you're in limbo at this point. Mm. And the one school that took me <laughs> changed my life, right? Oh my God. So, <laughs> oh my God. And they were like, come, like, like, yeah, you're right. But the thing is, like, we had the conversations uh, with our, you know, team and we know that, you know, like you said, this is, you, you, you did your part, right? Mm-hmm. The forms are in, you fill them out. You're waiting to hear what your status is going to be. And, you know, so for us, like, that's a risk we're willing to take. So several rejections. Right. And that one acceptance, one acceptance changed, changed your life. Everything. I got a, worked in a medicinal oh. chemistry lab. Oh, my God. And that made me so competitive for grad school because I got to do that, you know, 10-week research. And mm. I learned about pathogenesis and I learned about, um, you know, uh, drug like developing drug tar- you know characterizing um, potential drug targets and i was just like this is amazing so actually yes i started getting excited with mm. with this work so yeah i was like okay maybe being a pharmacist it's, it's fine like <sighs> this is also really cool yeah um yeah and so i applied to grad programs and i you know i liked ub because of the um interdisciplinary um phd program and ub so, is university at buffalo yes. just for our <laughs> audience to know we are at university uh, yeah, so I like I I was happy about that because one I was like okay if I get into an interdisciplinary program that means I have time to kind of decide you know which kind of like um, discipline I want to go into mm. because again remember my background was very heavily chemistry, chemistry and... Um, and I was like I don't want to you know do that uh, as a PhD and mm. I now fell in love with you know studying pathogens. I see. Uh, so this when this program accepted me, I was completely overjoyed. Oh I was gosh. only gonna be four hours away from you know my family, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I got here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. That's a very remarkable story. You know, <clears throat> there's something that I, I I got from your story that mm-hmm. I think our audience need to need to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Success Clinic, where our mandate is to empower you as you journey. To the pinnacle of your God-given potential. As a reminder, we have a ton of resources strategically planned and designed to facilitate your success. These resources include podcast episodes where we have exclusive interviews with the heroes of your communities who have successfully navigated the journey to greatness that you and I are aspiring for. We also have inspirational nuggets, activities, and exercises that we release almost daily primarily on our social media platforms to consistently remind you and remain that voice of positive reinforcement and support that you need to stay focused on your, on your positive journey to success, especially when things are not going as planned. At Success Clinic, we also provide information about mentorship and scholarship opportunities for both local and international students and aspiring professionals. Furthermore, we provide free professional attires in our Pond to Shine uh, room that is sponsored by our suit drive and a whole lot more. For more details about all of this, please visit our website today at www.success-clinic.com 
na social media platforms including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Come hang out with us and join this unstoppable movement of ordinary people discovering and transforming into the extraordinary version of ourselves as we journey hand in hand together to the pinnacle of our God-given potentials. I remain yours, the Dope Doctor. Several rejections does not mean your dream is over. No. Yeah. Several rejections does not definitely mean that your dream is over. You have to keep trying. Right. So thank you for sharing this story. It just, again, just reminds us that many times we should not give up with the rejections that we get. One other thing I I think I got from your story that was writing down because your story is blessing me and myself. Okay. You know. (laughs) And it's about Dr. Bennett. Yes. No. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many people that have stood in the gap for us. Mm -hmm. Even at moments when we didn't have the credentials. Right. You know, I'm going to make a shout out to somebody as well, Dr. Kenneth Dorgans. Dr. Ken Dorgans is a name in my life and my journey that I will never forget. We share a similar story. Okay. I also immigrated when I was 18 yeah. to the United States. I came with $5 and I high school diploma in order to be a doctor. Oh my gosh. I got into undergrad. I'm going to save my story for some other day. But <laughs> I know some... you now. <laughs> <laughs> but one part of it that I think is worthy of mention today is I was also looking for a research opportunity mm-hmm. to get myself in. And of course, those times, those opportunities, like you said, which is absolutely true, are reserved for indigents of this country, mm-hmm. you know. And so as international students, I am lucky that I came in with the visa lottery, so I had my green card. But it didn't mean that life was easy. It was as easy as I would have loved it to be. Right. And so I found myself walking through into the research offices that asking everywhere, I would like to do research. I need something. Could you help me? And I got rejected by so many of the programs. And after the cycle was over... I just got a letter from one office, the ICTSI office at IUPUI. Woohoo! Shout out, Jaguars. Um, IUPUI in the Office of Research. And I was like, oh, yes. And so I got in there. I did well with, in the lab of Dr. Zachary Rod. Um, he had a fellow there who was Shikita Hauser, and she was phenomenal. Those two people uh, are great foundations in my life that I would never forget. You know, I did the research and then I applied for Abracams, which is Annual Biomedical Research Community for Minority Students, mm-hmm. Conference for Minority oh, Students, Abracams, and I got accepted. Right. And that was where my problem started. <laughs> How do I attend? Right. I was an immigrant, had no money. Mm-hmm. I was not, I didn't have a job that could give me money to go for a conference. And I, I felt defeated. Mm-hmm. And that was when I learned to break down doors. That's why a closed mouth is a closed destiny. Mm-hmm. An open mouth can't save your destiny. And so I walked into Dr. Ken, Kenneth Dorgan's office. Um, and he had a secretary at that time who was Alicia Nino. Shout out to Alicia again. Um Dr. Dorgan, I can remember, I can replay in my head when I walked into his office that day. And he, as I, as soon as I explained myself to him, he offered to pay my uh, conference admission fee, $500. Yeah, yeah. And $500 is a lot. It is a lot when of money. When you're translating it to like, you know, Kenyan shilling. I know, the Nigerian Naira. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, this is like my house. That was a breakthrough. But then when that was gone, then I also had to look for how to fly to the conference, how to Mm -hmm. you know get accommodation. And Dr. Dorgan said, go to this office, go to this office, and go to this department. Tell them I sent you. Mm -hmm. And I went to the office of multicultural affairs and they offered to pay my transportation, which was my flight. They were going to book it for me. Mm-hmm. That was the second breakthrough. 
I went to the Department of Science, Dr. Kathy Mars. Shout out to her again. And she offered on behalf of the department to cover additional expenses up to $500. Wow. That was how I attended my first research conference in this country. Mm. Now, let me tell you where that conference led me to. Okay. That research became the only accepted abstract in the entire state of Indiana. Wow. And so that was how research started <laughs> paving the way for me. Right. I wanted to go into medicine. Yeah. And I, because again, we're immigrants, we, we have no privy to information. Mm -hmm. I was in my fourth year when someone was telling me that I, I should have taken the MCAT in my third year if I wanted to go into medicine straight after mm -hmm. graduation. So I was stranded, right? right? But what did I fall back to? Research. Yeah. <laughs> and so all the research work I had done through these great people that have picked me up became what led me into grad school, mm -hmm. to my master's program, which led to my PhD. Right. So it, it, it's remarkable, and this is just to make a shout out to everyone out there who is looking out for people who by themselves don't have that qualification or that, cre that credentials. Mm -hmm. It goes a long way what they do for us. And today we are able to continue pursuing our dreams and goals, thankfully for the help that they offered. So uh, let's let's look at the other part, the other side of the story. So from your PhD, mm -hmm. uh, what do you do now, and what would you like to share about the journey from earning that PhD to where you are now? Oh, it's another uncharted <laughs> path that I had to kind of pay for myself. Um, so I again love research. I love being in you know this kind of um, in this environment. Uh, I think what I started realizing after um, while I was doing my PhD was there were so many other things now, right? There mm. also now fast forward, we, we did get our green card. Uh, so now I'm also being, I'm also <laughs> being exposed to it's almost like when you're when you are kind of in that um, you know visa statuses, you know, kind of that immigration mm -hmm. you know mode, there's a lot of things you're told told not to you know, be loud or, and, and not like in the literal sense, but really just, you know, keep your head down and don't make any noise because whatever you do, you know, it might affect your status, status. As, as we had the conversation. Yeah. So I didn't really, I don't, I don't think I got as involved because, you know, mm -hmm. earlier because I was just kind of like, if I do this and then, so even for example, like, you know, stupid things like, you know, going to a party with friends, right. Mm. And you're just like, if something happens, yeah, so like you being exposed to just like culture and you know being around people, it's very um, at, at least for me it was it was very structured and calculated because I was always worried about mm. I'm like I don't want to piss off U.S. immigration. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. Um, and 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 that's that's the you know the lens I carried. So now when I was in grad school is when I really started to like just get engaged in my mm. community. And, you know, get to do things and, like, just be out and about, I, mm. I feel like, you know. So yeah. I really realized there's other things I was so excited about. Because we used to have this, um, and I don't know if the group exists anymore. I hope it does. Because it also helped me. It's called uh, Steminism. Mm. And it was, you know, um, women of color who are in STEM and we would meet together uh, and just kind of, you know, be a support system for each other. That was, mm. like, you know, my source of positive reinforcement, per se. Yeah. And mentoring was a really big com topic right it was it was always just like you know we're navigating this environment um and you know like is it more of like i have imposter fears or is it more of just kind of like this environment isn't really meant for me and that's why i'm struggling mm. so we had a lot of those conversations and i think that is one of the at least from my memory uh, parts that like really sparked my interest in in getting more involved in like you know student mentorship etc uh so 
I don't know. And, and then at, towards the, you know, near the end of my PhD, I just was like, I don't want to do a postdoc, which again was kind of usually the quote unquote traditional path That's true. Uh, to being faculty. And I was like, I just, I don't want to do it. Like I like, I want to do something else that mm. is not connected uh, to me being at the bench all the time. Uh. Like I wanted to be essentially like more people facing for some uh, reason. I see. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not like an extrovert or anything like I mm-hmm. but for some reason I wanted to do something more people facing. But I think it was just because like now I was able to really figure out like what else, right? My mm-hmm. path so far had been like, okay, I need to saying this for the nine hundredth time, I need to do all of these things <laughs> because I need to keep my status. Right? Yeah. So that was the guiding factor in the choices that I made. Again, mm. don't regret them, happy about the choices, but that was literally it, right? It was, yes. it was survival. And then now I was like, oh, that one thing I don't have to worry about mm. because I have, you know, essentially, um, you know, more permanent status here in the U.S. So, like, what else can I do? Mm. Yeah, so I, I really listened to that voice. And then um, one person who uh, I stood out and for me at the time was um, Dr. Papanilam, who uh, is at USIAD now. USIAID. And I remember when I met her, because I took a class from mine. You know when you just meet people and you're mm-hmm. like, I want to know everything <laughs> about you. Uh, and, you know, and, and I just want to like learn because there's just something about her, like the charisma and energy and how mm-hmm. she just showed up that I was like, I've never met a woman like you. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. So... We had a, I, I literally asked him, like, can we sit down and I just, like, pick your brain? Yeah. And one of the things that, we were talking about a bunch of things, but one thing that she said to me that has stuck with me up to now mm. uh, was, you know, when we're talking about just, like, career and I kind of, you know, because remember now I'm at the point where I'm questioning, like, I don't want to do a postdoc. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? So I was just, just trying to find people who were, you know, because she's an MD and mm-hmm. you know, she was, uh, and she told me, you know, where she, when she worked uh, for the, for the CDC, she really loved it. Mm. And she was like, I thought I was going to die at the CDC, like in a good way, like this is where I'm going to retire everything. Um, and then, you know, she also was like, you know, my life circumstances changed and I leaned into it. And mm. here I am making the best out of this situation uh, and, you know, finding things that are really joyful and exciting for me to do. And so it's just like, how do you do it? And she was like, I, you know, uh, you know, a few other conversations. And what she said to me that stuck was uh, she can count on one hand um, out of. 365 days a year how many times she doesn't want to go to work Mm. and I was like what but it just showed like how much you know she loved what she was doing yeah and how much that was so fulfilling that I'm like I'm like I can count in like a lot of hands and but at the time but I realized it was because I was mentally I was just shifting focus on like what I really wanted wanted to do so that conversation really, and sometimes I, I, you know, I tune back into it to just remind myself, I was like, if you're going to use a marker mm-hmm. of like, are you doing the thing that you're happy to do? But then I, I because you're going to show up a lot better if you're happy with what you're doing, mm-hmm. you're going to be a lot more effective in what you're doing, uh, you know, career wise, work wise, etc. And so I use that as my, as my marker, you know, in the sense mm-hmm. of like, if I look at my life last year, how many days did I was just, just kind of like, I can't, I don't want to be here, or maybe I just don't have the enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it was less than five days. <laughs> and that's telling me. It's just one hand. Can count one um, hand. That's awesome. Yeah, but I, I, I think that, again, also just extends to, um, you know, because part of the stuff I'm, I'm saying, you know, there's, there's, it's almost like, a privilege right because i'm working in an environment that one i've been very familiar with since i was a kid mm-hmm. uh and um but at the same time i think that it doesn't have to just be work like w- work doesn't have to be the only thing that like mm. you're really good at and it brings you joy mm-hmm. it can be like community engagement it can be something else that, or mm. even like just a sport or whatever that you do that you, sh- you really show up for yeah because again that's that's where the essentially the happiness comes from. I see. Is that you have to find something in the, you know, if you're looking at yourself as a whole circle, mm. you know, there's and you're like a pie, like there's the work pie, you know, a slice of it is work, a slice of it is family, a slice, all of those things. Yeah. And there has to be pieces of that that like you're you're really showing up for. That's so true. that's your you know, 365 days. Yeah, you do you do the counting. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. So you 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 went from 
a PhD in the lab, <clears throat> discovering the exact niche you wanted to occupy, mm-hmm. and seeking out that passionately. Right. But it would have been impossible if not for the help of a mentor who you right. saw living mm-hmm. that life, and life. you were willing to follow her footsteps. Yeah, I was like, tell me how, <laughs> why, why are you so happy? Please tell me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, you know, I think being able, and I think that's the part too, and this is a, um, advice that I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, I've heard it, and um, it's, you know, when you, how do you, when you look at somebody, like let's say if you have a role model, et cetera, and it's always, or if you there's a job or you know career that you want to follow, it's always good to, Find the person doing it, mm. and then ask them how they did it. How they did how it, or like, or like it. how how is it even right? Mm. And so I think that was the case for me when I was just like I. There was just this excitement. I see in how she showed up that really, um, you know, caught my attention. I see, and you know, and, I've, and even before I met her, I've had really great mentors. Like I said, you know, Dr. Bennett. There's Dr. Mm-hmm. Bachman who unfortunately um, died. A few years ago, um, but they were women who really were like, "What do you need?" Mm. And let's, you know, let's um, let's let's see how we can make it happen. And so mm. I grateful for them because they shaped my undergrad, you know, experience. And then now, when I was in um, in in grad school, I was especially because I was like, I want to go a different path, and mm. I I did not know what the path was, but mm. I also got out of the you know, my mold, essentially. And so that's how I met um, Dr. Ram, by taking her class. And I don't know if she remembers <laughs> this conversation, <laughs> but I will always remember it because it, it really stuck with me. It, it shifted my mindset um, on how I measure, essentially, even like my growth and contribution. So finding people who look like you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned all of this doctors and doctors and doctors. And these were... So- some years back, right? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and we know that women in science and women women in STEM have have been so few over the years. Mm-hmm. And even years back there were even there was even a more intense shortage of women in STEM. Mm-hmm. But even amidst that shortage, you were able to identify a few that you felt like if they could do it and they're showing up this happy, mm-hmm. show me how you did it. Right. Yeah. You found the people that look like you and to sit down at their feet and learn. Mm-hmm. And today we are proud to see you <laughs> as you now being in that position where right. so many are looking up to you in the same manner. Right. That That is incredible. Super inspirational. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I'm gonna go to the next question now, um, right. and hopefully, when we, when this podcast is released, um, our audiences can have questions and send to us. You know what? I'm I'm gonna split out here today. You we will we'll have you again on video at <laughs> oh some point. <laughs> it is, um, I think the next question we had uh, that that was that was sent was, <laughs> "What does being black mean to you?" We did have this conversation. <laughs> And I'm going to respond to it the same way. Please, um, I would love our audience <laughs> to know how you respond. I think it was um, golden. I mean, that, that's it. I, that's what it means. I'm black, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's the only... Obviously, like, um, race is a construct, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I don't... This is the only me I've ever known, right? Mm. And so this is the only culture that I've ever kind of, you know, been in. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really... <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to, as, like, ascribe and be like, you know, Black is being resilient. Being, but it is, but yes. I think, like, it's, it's my life, it's right? And, it, yes. and that's just, I'm a Black woman. Black woman, yeah. powerful that's black how, that's woman. That's how I am. That's how I am in this. I show up in this world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you for that. I think I think that confidence of saying I am a black woman, I am a black man, mm-hmm. I am black. That pride and confidence should not be underestimated. Of course, the challenges come. 
the challenges standing our way several times, you know, standing in as an endurance between us and our breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. But that should in no way stop us from being proud to say, I am black. Yeah. But I, I do have to add, though, and I think Please. the unique thing, well, I don't want to say unique, but the different thing with you and I mm. is that we were born and lived in a country mm. where we were the majority. That's true. And so I think that I, you know, that is the, you know, that's a, I don't want to call it a, a blind spot, but I think there's, there's a piece of that that where I don't think we will truly ever understand what it's like to be yeah. born in America, America as a black person versus like born in, you know, in an African country, country and then... where, you know, all your, like everybody around you looks exactly like you didn't experience that right. unique... and so yeah and so and and actually it's interesting because i think it, when my parents came here mm-hmm. like me and my siblings in some way have to be the one to help educate them about mm. like systemic racism more about like american culture because they didn't know because, it because they, they grew they, they, up yeah, in a different they grew up in a, a completely different environment and so mm. I am definitely aware of that. And I think I that, you know, I still learn so much more about this country even though I've lived here yes. for so long. And I learned so much more mm. about, you know, like black culture. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, you know, when you're walking down the street, nobody's going to say like, oh, you're a Kenyan, you're Nigerian, right? Yes. You're black. Um, and, and so I think like that is something that is always in my head of realizing that I also do need to really educate myself. I see. Um, because there's there's a part of my history that didn't start here. Mm. Um, and Thank yeah, you. So just kind of keeping that in mind. That is a, a very in, important disclosure that we need to always keep in mind. Right. We are immigrants. We There are some parts of our story that does not perfectly align with the story of others. Mm-hmm. No, and <clears throat> one, of the, one of our goals on this show is to bring people from all walks of right. life so that we can have a a fuller spectrum of the experiences that each and every one of us go through mm-hmm. at this unique phases of our lives. Right. Um, of the next episode is gonna be with Larry, right. Larry oh, Daniels. That's exciting. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to sit with him and it's hear exciting. his story. I know, I want to hear his story too. <laughs> well, tune, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> so obviously, you are, you are here because we've caught you in the act of being excellent. <laughs> okay, and um, <clears throat> I want to ask you if there was one, if you were, if you're gonna summarize what inspired you to stand out what will that that be an experience a a eureka moment <laughs> what was that what is, I, I don't i don't know if i even think of it that way that i'm like standing out uh-huh. i mean i think of it as like so i measure um and I, I kind of mentioned this before about growth and contribution and that's really how i measure you know like my life. Mm. It, it, you know, they'll say like, if you don't grow, you're dying type of thing. Right. Uh, not in the literal sense, but you're almost atrophying. <laughs> and then you stop growing. Right. You start dying. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think because I use that lens, it helps me challenge myself and give mm. like almost look like, again, like if I'm projecting my life in the next five years and I I'm see. like, I want to be proud of me five years from mm. now. So what is it that I need to do to, to get there? And so I think with that in mind, it does really influence how I am present and how I engage with everything that I do. So my work, you know, um, I, I'm, again, but then also this is part of the research training, right? So you always have the, it's like you have a hypothesis and then you're going to test it <laughs> and then you're going to collect data. Good old days, gonna, right? good so, old days. So like, so I think I, I use that lens, right? So like, let's say, you know, like with my work as like the director of the master's program, I'm like, it's not just about getting, uh, you know, students through the program. It's mm. also about is this program effective? Mm. It's also about how do we grow the program? So so all of those kind of different questions, um, I'm, I'm excited to answer them. 
Yes. But that has to, so I, I could just be like, well, now I'm the director of the program, cool. Yeah. Right? And just be like, and move, you know, year by year, students passing, et cetera. <laughs> but but I, that's that's not, I, w- I want to do more, essentially. Mm-hmm. I want to grow. And like by me asking these questions that I just mentioned, it's me going, okay, it's a learning opportunity for me. Excellent. It's going to be an opportunity that's going to open doors to me engaging with different people, for me to learn about what you know curriculum looks like, for me to learn about what assessments look like, for me to go to conferences and network with people mm-hmm. and see what they're doing in their programs and how I can either bring something back or they can take something from me. I see. Um, wow. So I have that lens for pretty much <laughs> everything wow. in my life. Um, and I think, again, it's it's what's helped me just really appreciate you know life instead yeah. of me being like there's this goal that i had and actually i didn't sh- i didn't share this but um the i remember when um when i was in grad school one thing that really annoyed me was the fact that i like i had always put timelines for myself based on mm. age i was like by the time i'm this age i'm gonna be doing to do this. this by the time i'm this age i'm gonna be doing this and so i remember um the when i didn't graduate by the age that i wanted Mm. Oh, I was, I, I was so, oh I was like, everything is terrible. I'm terrible at school. Like, uh, like I, like I just, it was so bad. So that like your, your water crumbled. <laughs> everything. You, you I, was it like, yourself. I was like, I was such a failure, you know? Uh, and mind you, that age was still very young to have a PhD because mm. when my, you know, Kenyan community were asking me, it's like, you already got a PhD? Yeah. And I was like, I could have gotten it a year late earlier, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> but, right? And so... And I really had to, so that's, that experience helped me shift mindset mm-hmm. because I, um, I was like, I can't be, I can't use this as like an indicator of my growth and, mm-hmm. and success. Right. Because it, again, in some ways, age is also a construct. Right. That's um, true. And so I didn't, I didn't really want to, want to, uh, use that as a marker. So using growth and contribution is much better because then that allows you to, uh, put in um, the kind of mindset of like the power of yet, right? Mm. So it's not like I can't do this. It's like mm. I can't do this yet. And mm. when you do that, it's like, okay, what do I need to learn or what do I need to do? Or like what, how do I need to grow for that? For then it's like the yet to happen. I see. Yeah. I see. Even at that moment when you're beating up yourself and achieving the goals and dreams that you've planned, mm-hmm. you can still make it out of there. And in 30 seconds, if you don't mind sharing, what helped you to get out of that pit that you put yourself in when you did not graduate at the age that you were shooting for? What was the thing that pulled you up? Here at Success Clinic, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for making the date with us again today. I hope that you're having an amazing time and capturing the golden treasures contained in this episode. We know how valuable your time is and we truly appreciate it. We also want to send a shout out to those of you out there who have been engaging with us, sending us feedback on how these conversations have transformed your lives and how they have become a manual for your own journey to success. Thank you as well to all of you who have been providing commentaries and sharing the word and episodes with your friends, families, and communities. Your effort is a priceless gift to us. Your engagement makes our dreams come true by facilitating the exponential expansion of the impact that this podcast is having on our community. This way, you continue to inspire us to give our best to this cause. We're truly grateful and we look forward to even greater opportunities to serve you better. Eshe, dalu, nagode. Muchas gracias. Ashante. Mercy. Thank you. Now, let's get back to the episode. Multiple things. Tell One us, is is realizing that all these boundaries I'm creating, they're my own. Mm. Like nobody, I did, I did not have, it wasn't like I had parents or not, nobody was telling me like, you must do this at this particular, that was literally my own boundaries. Mm. Um, and I looked at my, you know, so one thing that I, you know, when it comes to actually like mentorship is like, I always encourage my students to have this is like, you know, you're a source of positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. And that me creating a community of like my group, my close circle, mm. 
reflected the people I wanted in my life. Mm. And obviously, you know, in some way it, it is intentional, mm. right? So I'm like, okay, if this person is my friend, how are we actually being good friends to each other? Right? So that helped me then. I'm like, okay, so if I'm talking about, so like, for, so I'll use the, this experience as an example. So when I was, you know, screaming and crying about not <laughs> graduating the time that I wanted, and my friends were like, you know, you're the only one in our group who is doing this. And, and so like they were just reminding me of all these kind of great mm. journeys that I've had, right? Mm. And when you're kind of, when you see the people who you've kind of, again, selected to be your support system being like, we see you. Mm. And I don't know why you think you're failing mm. because you're not. Mm. Like we are actually being inspired by you wow. for, you know, the, um, you know, being, being so resilient through all of these things. Wow. Yeah. So just... <clears throat> So again, because, and I shout out to my friends, <laughs> having good friends like that who would have the conversation of like, if this is you, you know, kind of catastrophizing in your head and mm. having some cognitive distortions about something, this is actually what the reality looks like. So keeping the voices that you keep around you determines whether you make it or you fail. If you listen to them. If you listen to that's them. That's the thing. <laughs> I think adjusting to grad school really humbled me too. Because mm. in undergrad, in those, like, when I, so I, I went to school in Pennsylvania. So I started my undergrad and then we moved here. And Pennsylvania doesn't, at the time, I don't know if it's since, does not have that many gen ed requirements. Mm. So I was on track to graduate in four years. We moved to New York State and then I'm not on track anymore because they are like, you didn't take enough gen um, ed. And I was like, there's no way I'm adding another year. Remember, we're on an immigration clock, mm -hmm. right? So I'm like, I don't mm -hmm. have the money to, to do this. And so I doubled up. Like I basically covered a full year of school in, so it was like two years and I did it one. One year. And I was great. I mean, I'm, I'm a mediocre student at best, mm -hmm. GPA-wise, but um, just all the things I accomplished in that year yeah, was, was monumentous. Mm -hmm. So I left undergrad being like, I'm a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> and then you jumped into grad school. And then I, and then I came to grad school and I was like, I am not a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> so like the pace of the class, like everything, everything, I was so destabilized, you know? Oh um, and that in itself, I was like, oh, and I did actually sit in my bathtub and cry one day when I got mm. my grade and it was like my first 50 or something. Uh, yeah, that was, it really humbled me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I, I just thought I was like, well, I, if I did this in undergrad, clearly I can, I can do yeah, this. No, no, no. So that also was the start of me having to start changing mm. how I, um, like I had to throw out the blueprint because mm. the blueprint for undergrad was not working anymore. I had to start. Yeah, to re-strategize. Yeah. Re yeah. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. Wow. You have a remarkable story. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next question we receive is, do you have any mantra or watchwords or wise sayings that have kept you motivated during the most challenging times of your journey? Uh, I, I do. Please um, share. And the sad thing is I don't even know. I know it's from a book. Mm. Um, and it's a piece of the quote mm. and it's, it also has to do with the power of, of yet again um, mm. but uh, it's do not fast forward yourself into a future you haven't earned mm. yeah oh so I love that, that that I use that again to just like every time like maybe that's not meant for you yet you uh. know? Um, so the fast forwarding because I think again um that's been the story of my life where it's mm. like, like I said, you know, again, my, my biggest challenge was <laughs> immigration, especially, but I remember it being like, always move, like you have to do these things because mm. you never know, you know, when and they're going to be like, and you're back to, you know, home, which again, going back to Kenya is not a bad thing. Uh, yeah. But, it's, not, but that but moment is like, it's, you lost all the things, all right. the dreams and the goals that you have been working yeah. towards. Like, you know, it's like a farmer that I've been planting and planting and it's it's almost time to harvest and the, all the things of, and then suddenly flood just comes and wipes right. it off. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so there, it's something about like you built this thing, you are, you've adjusted, you're adapting, you know, like I, it was just all of those factors. And so um, that's the lens I always had. It's like, okay, like we just have these like, okay, by 16, by right. 18, by yes. like, oh, and, but then like 
that's the thing that actually like failed me the most. <laughs> so don't you know, don't fast forward yourself into a future you've not earned. earned. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You said you had a number of them, right? We'll, we'll keep the remaining for. We're gonna bring you back <laughs> on video because I think people need to see, like, really see these experiences and see how this this. I think there's a power to seeing you tell your story raw and see the experience because I can see your your emotions are fluctuating. It feels like you're remembering those moments yeah. and it's it's like I a know, it's been a while since <laughs> I've had to unpack all of this again. <laughs> and we are grateful and honored to have you do that on the show today. Yeah. Um so you mentioned you have several mentors. Of course you're the director of several programs mm-hmm. uh on campus. Uh you had mentioned some of the things that inspired you to be a mentor. Um, one of the questions we received is, what do you think your mentees have learned, gained, or gained the most from you? What are the most common challenges that you think the upcoming generation are facing? Possibly some that you have observed from your mentees or some that you actually have experienced by yourself. Oh my gosh, that is a lot. <laughs> There's so many pieces to... <laughs> Uh, to that, I I don't know what I hope my mentees get. So, because mm. I don't I don't know what they what they get from me, um, but I hope what they do get from me is that I'm able the consistency that I mm. show, you know, because I think sometimes um, <laughs> just being able to have somebody who like so I'll just use my master's the master's program like you know I tell my you know students I'm like you can come to me. When when something slightly starts to feel off and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing well, come talk to me. Mm-hmm. Don't wait till you get the grade or till, you know, it's like, you know, the midterm. Mm-hmm. When you're starting to feel that um, essentially imposter fears, come talk to me. Uh-huh. Because I think by practicing to do that, it's almost like you're also integrating yourself into in, into the program. Because you're now like, oh, I have this support system mm. that's maybe not my peers. That's mm. is the director of my program who's saying, I want to see you succeed. Mm. Um, so I hope that, you know, I can be somebody who they can see as they have my best interest. Uh, right? Thanks. And I think sometimes you don't really know that. Um, mm. Especially, obviously, like, you know, one, the power dynamic and, you know, like, I'm, I am the director. And it could be intimidating, mm. but I try and I'm, I'm like, I do have your best interest and I won't know how to be no. supportive if you don't tell me. You tell me. And, but that's also because I had similar things, right? So that's yes. what I had in undergrad. And I can sit here and tell you stories about Dr. Blackman who really, really, um, she pushed me and I was being very resistant with her. <laughs> <laughs> but looking back, I was like, I don't know what I did to deserve you, but like, she really was like, I see you, mm. you're doing well, mm. and so we're gonna keep up that momentum. And I, all I wanted to do was to be a college student who, you know, does the bare minimum. Um, but yeah, so she really helped me. But I think like that's what I, I hope that they they have throughout my my journey. She we kept up, mm. and she would always tell me how proud she is. I was like, partly it's because of you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. May I so rest in peace. So much treasures have been dropped on the show today. <laughs> we want to say thank you again to Dr. Anyango Kamina. If our audience have any questions, is it okay to pass them down to you? Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> and I, I, I hope that I can talk you into committing to a video <laughs> interview at some point soon. <laughs> <laughs> was that a question or a statement <laughs> <laughs> you got me there that I would I would love it to be a statement but I have to get the permission by passing as a question first <laughs> well played is that a yes I mean time will tell Okay. Yes. Okay. I will take that a tentative yes. Well, with no further ado, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We hope that you have gained some treasures from today's conversation. Please don't uh, don't don't hesitate to reach out to us on our contact um, uh, platforms. We will share those with you 
um, and we look forward to hearing from you, hearing about how this uh, this podcast has, has empowered you, what you've learned from it, what you think may be applicable to your journey. If you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Uh, at some point, you might be uh, a guest on the show. 